We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now, back to Steiny and Guru on 95.7 The Game. We got to get Jacques Cousteau on the case. We got to get Sherlock Holmes on the case. Why are the 49ers favored against the Kansas City Chiefs? Minus two heading into Super Bowl 58. Evan Infersteine with Daryl the Guru Johnson. Why, Goo? Why? Again, I get it, but I just, I am puzzled that the experience, if if we did the tell of the tape, you agree with me. You look at Andy Reid. Uh, he's done this twice in regard to victory. He's been there three times, mm-hmm. and Mahomes has done it twice. So I guess that's why I'm a bit perplexed as to, you know, not one but two, Evan. They do have the pedigree. They have the better quarterback, and I would say they have the better head coach. But I don't think they have the better team. Damn. And I think that's what matters to betters in Vegas. We have a theory from the 415. It's plain and simple why the 49ers are favored, because they have a lethal running back with Christian McCaffrey. He's the X factor. All right. If he has a great game, it's over. Not just on the ground, but through the air as well. Great show, guys. Bang, bang, Niner game. I love that. But let me say something to you, Evan, and that caller. The fact that Kansas City went and beat what we deem the Niner kryptonite mm-hmm. Kind of don't they get? I guess I'm talking to the the the, the betters, the the um, casinos. But don't they get credit for going to beat something that beat you at your house just a few months ago? Hey, what do you mean? Kansas City we went and beat the team, even though yeah we saw the fumble and flowers and all that that stuff. But they went and beat the team that we thought posed the biggest threat to the Niners. Oh, I see what you're saying. So the like capabil- they, they got over on Baltimore. No doubt. At their house on you know on the biggest stage. So I guess, Evan, th- there was nothing fluke about that game. Baltimore made mistakes. But I'm looking at that like I would be scared if I were Vegas to just sit- – and I'm not saying Vegas is sending this message like the Niners got this because that would be five or six-point spread. But I'm like – don't sleep on Kansas City and what problems they possess. And Priest, if you're out there listening, I hear you, but they're back at this juncture again, even if it's the lesser version of their offense. Well, what what do you make of this theory? This is from uh, our guy Leroy, who oh, course, Lee. we love. Uh, for the 510, talking about Vegas is trying to hoodwink everyone by making the 49ers the favorites because Vegas knows that everyone will put their money down on Kansas City to win. And he thinks the Four mm. ers will win, so mm. it's kind of reverse okay. psychology. Right. I, I'm not sure. I mean, th- that could be part of it. I mean, the goal of Vegas is to generate as much interest and in dollars spent as possible. So I think there are going to be a lot of people that are on Kansas City plus two yeah. just because they see them. Well, they got the better quarterback, they got the better head coach, and they're favored. Or and they're, they they're got not two favored. Super Bowls and they got two Super belt. Bowls. They got all the feeling in the world. It's like. To me, I'm I'm split, but I can understand why the 49ers are favored in this game, and I want to get to your calls. 888-957-9570. Rolando's hanging out in Napa. Rolando, what's going on, man? How are you? Uh, doing good, guys. I'm a big fan of your show, and like I said, dealing with Bay Area traffic, I totally screen it. I love listening to you guys. You guys make all Thanks. the dreading Bay Area traffic go away, <laughs> so you guys keep it real. I appreciate that, and keep it up. 
Thanks, so, man. Uh, I want to talk about Brock Purdy and all the hate. Like, people are saying, you know, people like Skip Bayless and, you know, Amy Trask are saying, like, stuff like that. And, you know, everybody's saying that, oh, he's not Josh Allen. Oh, he's not Lamar Jackson. They're better than him. Well, I got news for everybody. He, Brock Purdy has more playoff wins than those two combined. And, you know, I want to say this about Lamar Jackson. I don't know if you guys know this, but if he does win his second MVP, you know, I don't know if you guys know his stat, but there, there's only been 10 players in NFL history to win the MVP award uh, twice. All of them are all of them have Super Bowl victories except for one, and that, that's Lamar Jackson. Hmm. Yeah. So that is my stat. So I want to say to everybody, like, you know, he's not Josh. Oh, Josh Allen's better. Lamar Jackson's better, you know, but hey, at the end of the day, Brock Brady has more playoff victories than those two combined. So I think this guy is a real deal, and I think my personal humble opinion, I think Christian McCaffrey is going to go off in the Super Bowl because he wants it so bad that it's his first time there. I think he's going to, I think he's going to rush for over, I'd say, 150 yards. He might break 200 in the Super Bowl. That's my gut feeling. I wouldn't be surprised. Thanks, Rolando. Yeah. yeah, appreciate the call, man. And you know, I don't want to get so much into Brock Purdy hate. I think that's something that in, is inevitably going to be there no matter what, even if he wins the Super Bowl. Even if he wins Super Bowl MVP, people are going to wonder about him. But I think the McCaffrey thing is, yeah, I, I thought one of the biggest reasons, if not the biggest reason, that the Ravens lost to the Chiefs is because they didn't run the ball, Goo. And they have a great running wow. attack, which the Niners also do at the at the helm of Christian McCaffrey. I think they are going to try and run the football early and often and test this Chiefs front line. Yeah, and I'll say this. Buffalo uh, ran the ball 39 times for 182 yards. Evan, uh, 4.7 to pop. Kind of went away from it, but they had success on this this Chiefs defense. So, styles make fights, and this has all the ingredients for a big one. You got the young and upcoming uh, Brock Purdy, which we've talked about uh, all week and rightfully so, all season. And he's trying to take something from the guy that a lot of people believe is the best quarterback in the league. But I do want to say something about the day that comes. I don't know if you know when they announce the MVP, but I get the feeling. Oh, for regular season. Yeah, for regular season that Lamar's going to get it. But it kind of feel like when Dirk got his after uh, We Believe Warriors upset 8-beat-1. You know, it was kind of, okay, I got to. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and Lamar's losing to Kansas City wasn't as tragic as, as that upset. But you're kind of like, damn. You can give me the award now. I saw I lost it home when they said this was the easiest track to get to the Super Bowl. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, do you want to hear why I think the biggest reason behind the Niners being favored is? Would love to. It's just, it's math. I think there's a lot of people with their computers and calculators in Las Vegas that are looking at these teams on paper that have seen what they've done in the playoffs. And although the Chiefs haven't had to come back like the Niners have, there's been two single-digit wins in each of the last two postseason games for both of these two teams. But I'm looking at a San Francisco 49ers team that in terms of point differential this season. Oh, this season, I got Third you. best right. in the NFL. If you take a look at yard differential, what you've gained versus what you've allowed, the Niners are number one in the NFL. Mm. The Chiefs in those respective categories this season as a whole are sixth and seventh. This isn't the KC team from 2019 offensively. I think they're a very good pass defense, but since Week 10, 
They have one of the worst run defenses in terms of efficiency in the NFL. So maybe the path for attack, which of course we'll talk about all next week, is more of a run game as opposed to a passing game. Maybe it's not Pat versus Brock. What what does this matchup come down to? I think, to me, why they're favored is just because guys are getting their calculators out and saying, well, this is how this team has been over a large sample size, and it's kind of understandable for me why they trust the Niners more. Evan, you know what? You hit it out the park, and let me tell you why you hit it out the park. Because I want to focus on the last two weeks thinking that would be recency bias for the sharp the sharp guys to do what they do, but you kept it real. They are going back on the whole totality of the season, and now once would I look at you and tell anybody that the Chiefs have had a smooth sailing in regard to their season. I didn't know. I, this thing had got ugly. So if they're taking all that into account from week one, you are correct. And you talk about that point differential, that that's heavy. And... We'll see how it plays out. But I kind of was like, oh, these last two weeks is what they'll be looking at. And I get it. You know what? You kind of painted the picture. Goo, they're starting from week one all the way through. And with that, it ain't just about how the Niners defense all of a sudden, to me, and maybe us, the last two weeks didn't have their best performance. But they're using it all. And I see you smiling. What you got? <laughs> no, someone on the YouTube chat powered by First Norcat Credit Union pulled my card. I apologize. You're right. It's not Jacques Cousteau. He's the French deep diver and oceanographer. I'm... Inspector Clouseau okay. is the guy I'm... from Pink Panther. I apologize. That's on me. Thank you very much for the correction. I love it. Evan Infersteining with Daryl the Guru Johnson. Let's get back to the phone lines. 888 7-9-5-7-0. Let's go out to San Mateo and talk to David. David, my man, how are you? Uh, doing pretty good, man. Hey, what's up, uh, Evan? Uh, what's up, Guru? All right, you got it. Hey, thanks for taking me in, man. Hey, hey Guru, man. Um, man, uh, I, I know you feel it just like me, man. We wait for our dream to get here to the Super Bowl. Uh, uh, no time for no doubts to set in, man. Uh, looking for CMC, like I've been always telling you all, all, all these last weeks, I've been calling you uh, Guru. Uh, let's get CMC going. Looking for him to have a monster day. Uh, but it's true, though. We, um, um, I am concerned about Patrick Mahomes dropping back, just like he did in the Super Bowl, spreading this out, uh, going to Watkins, going to Hill. So our secondary is going to be pressing in, uh, in that fashion. But uh, uh, nevertheless, uh, looking for the uh, Niners to stabilize that ground game, man, and then we'll get it to Debo and Kittle and IU to get us home for the win. Appreciate the call. Thanks, David. And let me throw this at you, Evan, because you had mentioned, you know, the Niner fans, you threw it, we threw it out yesterday. Would you prefer Baltimore or Kansas City? How much of the, the experience factors into your confidence level in this game? And I guess I'm not giving my prediction yet, but I'm, all, it's, I'm starting to feel it. Mm-hmm. Like this would have been Lamar Jackson's first crack at playing on this stage, dealing with the two weeks, but he would have had in his pocket, we went to we went to Levi's, but the Super Bowl is on a neutral field in Las Vegas. I guess I'm asking you, partner, is there any trepidation the fact that Andy and Patrick together, and I know it's not just them two, have been and conquered, you know, this stage twice in the last three years? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you're going to feel... I guess a bit apprehensive when you look at the other side and you see multiple Super Bowl rings. I think that's why, I don't know about players, but a lot of fans, whenever their team was playing Tom Brady, you're wondering, okay, well, how are we going to beat the GOAT? Like, you know, there's, 
I think there is a little bit of that. I don't know if it's you know Jordan or, or Kobe yeah. or, or Curry sometimes yeah. or LeBron. I don't know whoever you feel like that your your great winner is. Like when you have the best player on the field in a game, you always feel better about your chances, right? And sometimes. The best player doesn't always win. Like, I thought last year in the postseason, for example, I thought the Eagles were a better team than the Chiefs. It didn't end up mattering because Mahomes was the one that had the ball in the final drive, and they went and scored, and they won wow. by three points. Wow. The one mistake that Jalen Hurts made ended up costing him the game, even wow. though I think he was the first quarterback in NFL history in the Super Bowl to rush for three touchdowns. Like, he did some historic things in that game, but it didn't end up mattering because they had Jordan, right? Mm. They had... Curry. They had the best player on the field, and that is something that I believe they can still say, even though Mahomes has not been the best version of himself this season. Maybe it's because of the receivers. I would also like to think he's been less accurate than he has in last year. Just from watching him, I don't think he's been the MVP that he was last year in the regular season, but to his credit, through three postseason games, he has looked like that MVP, and that's what would scare me the most, is that if Patrick Mahomes is playing his best football, sometimes there's nothing you can't do. Wow. And man, I we've seen it and we'll see if the Niners can can change that narrative, but I just feel like th- you know, the Chiefs going to Baltimore and beating that physical team the way that they play and we still don't have answers as to why Baltimore went away from the run and only had 19 attempts uh on the day. 8 of those were from Lamar Evan, that's for another different story, but it will I, like to ask me, did they? Is this a great matchup? This is a sexy matchup. Like you got the, you got Kyle trying to get in the club with Andy. You got Brock Purdy trying to solidify to those that feel like they need to see more against the goat or the current goat. Everything and all the ingredients are there, man. Well, let's throw this out because the Comcast business text lines got me thinking. For the four one five, if the Forty ers get behind in this game, Casey will not let the Forty ers back in. That is a concern, for sure, that the Niners don't have their best foot forward to begin the game, because that's what's happened in each of the first two yes. postseason games, right? But I wonder, 888-957-9570, do the comebacks make you feel better or worse about the 49ers' chances against the Chiefs? Because I can make the argument, Goo, that the 49ers hadn't shown us this entire season that no. they could come back in a football game, and they did it twice. So the fact that they overcame a 17-point deficit, like you brought this up during the break, I almost wonder if fans would feel better or worse if they had won 35-10 in each of those two games. I think they'd still be favored, for sure. But would fans feel good about that because you got Pat Mahomes on the other side who's shown in a Super Bowl that he can come from behind. The 49ers had not proved it yet in the regular season, and now they have. Does that make you feel better or worse about their chances in the big game? I love the question. It's better. And it's an element of griminess. You know, I, I think of Draymond Green that gives this Warrior team a different element of nasty. And Evan, what's been your word? I don't even know if you know it for the last month. It's been front-running. Mm. And when you have that 0-30 going in the fourth quarter, well, you know what you're telling with that stat? And I know it's bigger than, than some of these guys that have been here. It's saying once you get behind, 
you there you're a one trick pony in a sense. But now I feel like the Niners picked the best times to do away with that and dispel that and show the world we can come back. You got to think if they were to get behind 10 or 7 early on or down 7 in the second half, that what they just experienced and conquered on the biggest stage and especially the Green Bay, you drive or you lose pretty much. Like that's to me that just the, not fulfillment, Evan. It kind of gives you more clarity in regard to we can do it all if we need to. And now Brock and those guys know offensively and defensively, Ben, but don't break that that stats out the window, and we could do it any type of way. Yeah, I'm kind of with Lori Matthews and Zick One in the YouTube chat, powered by First NorCal Credit Union. It's got to make you feel better. The comebacks definitely make the 49ers better. It disproves the narrative that they couldn't come from behind. I'm kind of with you. I I think that in order to win a Super Bowl, in order to be an all-time team and hoist the Lombardi, you got to show that you can win different ways. And the 49ers have now done that through the postseason. And I think it is because of the difference at quarterback compared to 2019. So 888-957-9570 is the number. The fact that the 49ers have come from behind twice in the postseason, does that make you feel better? Or does it make you feel worse about their chance against the Kansas City Chiefs in Super Bowl 58? Let's get out to Vegas and bring on Mark, who also wants to help us with some uh, betting. What's going on, Mark? How you doing, my man? I'm doing all right. I got the. This is my theory here: is okay. that the, the Raiders played Kansas City, Ooh. and the Raiders did. They, you know, they took they took care of them. And the reason why they they did the run game, they had a young quarterback, and they had a you know the receiving core. You know, with uh, I can't Adams, they had a really good game, and I think that's the example that they're thinking of as the that why the Niners are going to win. It's not that. They're, they're in their defense. Their defense, their defense, the AP quarterback. It's just that they want to win for Shanahan, just like they won for AP. It's, I know it's kind of a, a weird theory, but I think that's the reason why they're using the, uh, the betting for that because they're going off of what the Raiders did. All right. Thank you. Hmm. I think that's why some people here in the Bay Area might feel good about the Fortnite's chances because you think Priest had an element to that because we know he's a Raider fan. Where you know where you were saying just Kansas City's not the same. Well, and that's not specifically because of the Raider game, but again, from watching the Kansas City Chiefs the last eight weeks of the regular season beyond the bye week, yeah. they looked mortal. Now they've looked immortal throughout the postseason because it doesn't matter if they've been behind, if they played from ahead. Other teams have beaten themselves against them, but I also think that's because the Chiefs are so good at not making mistakes. Like Patrick Mahomes, for example, I think he has thrown 11 straight touchdowns without a pick. Yeah. I don't know how many pass attempts to run, but like a big way you can win a postseason game in these type of type matchups is just not messing up. Yeah, And they don't mess up. And he got Rice back, which helped him. Rasheed, yeah. yeah. He's been emerging as a rookie receiver. And they haven't been dropping as many balls. But I will say about the the journey that was uh, the Kansas City season, Evan, that Raider game at home, I, I thought that was the end of the Chiefs. Not that they wouldn't make or qualify for the playoffs, but like they had no chance to get to this juncture. And bam, here they are. And here they are, right back in the same place after the worst season in regular in the worst regular season that Patrick Mahomes has had. He's had to go on the road twice in the playoffs for the first time in his career. Hasn't mattered. I could also look at the San Francisco 49ers and say for the first two times in their season this year, they had to come from behind. 
they also check that box. So it does seem like there's two Titans from the standpoint of box checked, boxes checked, right? Each team has shown you really, or I guess kind of dispelled the narrative that they had throughout the regular season. For the Chiefs, it was, well, they're not the same team. They're dropping passes. Yeah. They don't have the same offense. They've dispelled that so far in the postseason. Niners can't come back. The 49ers can't come back. They're front runners. Well, they've dispelled that in the postseason. So which way do you lean? Which way? Which team are you giving the edge to? Where do you go, Evan? It's fascinating, man. Wait, man. It's fascinating. And I think Anthony Vallejo wants to chime into the conversation. Let's bring him on. Anthony, my man, what's going on? You're on 95.7 The Game. How are you? What's up, Evan? What's up, Guru? Hey, baby? Hey. Long time no talk to, man. Um, so I kind of wanted to just offer a little perspective. Um, I think Evan is 100% correct when you think about why the Niners are favorite. I don't think they're favorite because they're better. I think it's just a numbers game. And the smart guys that do this for a living came up with that, that, um, that, you know, that, that formula. But I just want to say, um, let me start right here. Debo Samuel is not a game changer. He's a tone setter. I mm. think the the I think what he brings is beyond like just getting the ball. Like he brings a certain like ump about you know, he brings a certain like uh, attitude that the team just doesn't have. He's that junkyard bulldog and he's also that parachute slash safety net for Brock. He's you know, he's that level of toughness that the team kinda leads on. So I think I really want to see them get him involved early because he can set the tone and everything goes as Debo goes. When Debo was in that game last Sunday, everybody just felt better watching him get the ball and run through tackles. And everybody felt that when the guys were bouncing off of him and nobody wants to tackle Debo. I also want to say this. Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid have been here three times now, and they walked away with two of them. And I think that's really something that us 49er fans have to consider. I know we all want to be on our high horse. We're back there again. Brock Purdy's the man, all that good stuff. But let's not forget, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes have been there and done that. And Patrick Mahomes is a different type of quarterback in the playoffs. I don't care what happened in the, in the regular season, because in the playoffs, he's been dynamic. And the Niners cannot afford to fall behind like they, get, they did against the Lions or Green Bay. Because Spags and Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, they are something to behold, and they really are a dynasty. So we got to have our chin straps on tight, and Kyle Shanahan has to come correct. But more important, Brock Purdy cannot make the same mistakes he made these last two weeks because I just don't believe that they can overcome that type of deficit against a team that's tried and tested. What oh, you guys good think stuff. About that? Good stuff. Thanks for the call, Anthony. And I, I, Evan, I won't steal Anthony's thing, Thunder, but I feel like uh, I've been consistent with it does scare me that the Chiefs have been to this game three times and two times they come out a winner. You know, that just that experience, as soon as they kick off next Sunday, may not mean a damn thing, Evan, but I just hate it that they, they've been here and they conquered, and it wasn't like four years ago was last time we saw the Niners, obviously with the different quarterback Kyle had with Jimmy, but it was just last, last February. Like, that may not mean anything in the grand scheme of things, but I, I just think, man, what if they cash this and then we're talking three or four, and we're watching Mahomes and Reed in the midst of their Belichick and Brady run. Like, that stuff scares me. It does. Even, even if the Niners <laughs> were the Packers. You know, like, th- there's a lot riding on that stuff, man. 
Well, and that's part of it too. Is right. You don't want to be a footnote in history. You want to be the create your own. You want to be the start of the chapter. You yeah. want to be the. Par- you don't want to be the victim of history. Right. You you want to be the one that gets to write it. And the 49ers have a chance to do that, and they have to go through what we're talking about. This behemoth that has been the Kansas City Chiefs pretty much since Patrick Mahomes stepped into the saddle. This guy has only lost in the postseason in overtime. Right. That's the only time. He's Never lost not played in the AFC championship. No one's ever beat game. him in the regular in, in regulation. Like that's that is pretty daunting, and nah, I think that's why is, a lot man. of people are feeling like, well, why are the 49ers favorites? Why should they be? Because history has said that this dude is so damn hard to beat, and the 49ers might have to do it in regulation, which no one has. Wow, man, I can't wait. Me too, man. Me too. If you want to tell us why the 49ers should be favored or not favored in Vegas, we want to hear from you, 888-957-9570. Also, does the fact that the 49ers haven't come back twice in the postseason, does that make you feel better about their chances against Patrick Mahomes, who seems to have this air of invincibility surrounding him? Does it change the way you look at the Niners? Does it not? How are you feeling about him right now at 888-957-9570? Evan Giddings in for Matt Steinmetz alongside Daryl DeGuber Johnson. We also got Guru gripe coming up in just a little bit uh, down at practice. Jake Hutchinson is going to report live after the press conference. I believe Kyle Shanahan spoke. Also sounds like just got a text from him that Jed York is going to speak in just a moment. We played sound from wow. him yesterday. So looking forward to hearing from the owner from the San Francisco 49ers. All of that is ahead and more when we return on 95.7 The Game. The Road to Vegas is brought to you by Zinni, the official eyewear of the San Francisco 49ers. Shop from over 3,000 styles at 80% off retail prices exclusively at Zinni.com. Now, back to Steiny and Guru on 95.7 The Game. Evan Gettings in for Matt Steinmetz with Daryl the Guru Johnson. Yes, that's my fault. In the AFC playoffs, Mahomes has not lost before overtime. In the Super Bowl, of course, he lost to Tom Brady. So the GOAT, Joe Burrow, those are the two players that have beaten Patrick Mahomes. Brock Purdy's trying to be the third. Yeah, no doubt He's trying to be the third, Goo. And it would be a huge... We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Humongous third, if he could pull this one off. No doubt. No doubt. Evan Giddings in for Matt Steinmetz. That's good. We got Jake Hutchinson reporting live from Santa Clara in just a moment after Jed York speaks at the podium. Kyle Shanahan earlier today as well. Talking today about this idea of, you know, whether it's the, the, the bus driver for these teams. I've seen people chiming in talking about how that was something that started due to Charles Barkley and Stephen A. Smith talking about the Warriors. Is it Durant? Is it Curry? Mm. I don't know if anybody's calling and Brock Damn. Purdy, the, the bus driver for the 49ers. I mean, Bill Romanowski was on earlier with the Morning Roast. Go rewind on the Odyssey app and check that out. He was calling Christian McCaffrey the MVP. I think that's something that's fair. But to me, the, the, the idea of whether it's a bus driver, best player, game changer, game man, it, like, it doesn't matter. Right. And, it, can, can the player help you win the game? Yes. And Evan, I'm going to say this. If I'm in a playoff game and my coach dials up 39 pass attempts... Guess what? 
I'm not a bus driver. And there's nothing to be ashamed about if somebody says, like Romo, uh, Bill, he thinks McCaffrey's the best player on the Niners team. Okay, no, that's fine. But I just don't get 39, to trust me, 39 times to drop back and make a decision and win a football game. To me, that ain't a bus driver, Evan. That's, I'm the quarterback. I'm the starting quarterback of my team. Yeah. Give me my propers. They come with the position, uh, with the wins, with the seeding. Give me mine. He quite literally drove them down the field against Green Bay, and it was mostly passes. It and was what about those plays. legs last week that he used? That was him putting the dagger in the Detroit Lions after coming back down 17 points. Meanwhile, Patrick Mahomes played from ahead against Baltimore, and credit to him for going up early. Three points only in the second half. Only three points. (laughs) And that, interestingly enough, is where the Niners have been really good in this postseason as opposed to the first half. So I don't know if you look at that and you say, well, the Chiefs have actually kind of been the team that's stronger out of the gates. The 49ers haven't. I know we've tossed around this theory of, well, the Niners can't start slow because they have. That's not going to work against the Chiefs. But quietly, that's kind of been their M.O. versus the Chiefs, who in the AFC Championship, to your point, started out fast and then were slow in the Man, second half. Almost to point where Flowers doesn't do the bonehead stuff. Yep. You know, different outcome. So it's, it, it's, it's really interesting, and I wonder how people are feeling in terms of their confidence. Obviously, you got Mahomes, who's got two Super Bowls going for a third in four years. He is someone that has been a multi-MVP of this yeah. league well-known as the best quarterback in football. Brock Purdy is someone that's in the MVP candidacy conversation, probably not going to win it this year, plays with a great team, as does, I think, Mahomes quietly plays with a great defense or much better defense that he's had in years past. I wonder where the confidence level is from 49ers fans at 888-957-9570, having seen the two paths to this point in the Super Bowl. Because, to me, if there's a path that I would rather choose, I would choose the path of more resistance to get ready for a situation like this. Not that the Chiefs haven't had to overcome two playoff, two playoff road games. Obviously, they played more. They played in the wild card game. They had to play that game in like a negative 30-degree mm-hmm. wind chill against Miami. You know, they, They've beaten good teams along the way. They also, and I don't know what you make of this, Goo, the quarterbacks that they've beaten along the path in the playoffs. You look at Tua, who is you know, a solid, serviceable signal caller, but then Josh Allen. Lamar Jackson versus Jordan Love, Jared Goff. I, I get mad. How does that factor into your equation? You know what? I don't think it'll mean a damn thing come Sunday, but it scares me and gives me less confidence, Evan, that Kansas City has faced Captain America and Flash Gordon in regard to the two you mentioned, uh, not not counting Tua, who's been Dua, but Evan... <laughs> I, I do wonder now, like, you know, you got you got one of the best. You got the Michael Jordan of quarterbacks. Uh, that's what I called um, Patrick Mahomes mm-hmm. under center. So maybe you call a great defense, a, a defensive play, it wins, but it really doesn't win because he's so experienced and seasoned and mobile enough to, to ad-lib and turn something bad into a good play. So there's so many factors into going into what you just asked me. And I was like, what does a slow start look like on the Super Bowl, you know, if they were to do that? But I know we got all next week to look uh, forward to the game, but I do want to share something with you. And maybe this is what I subconscious, subconsciously was feeling about the line. Evan, I never want to 
in a million years. I told you, you kept telling me about Green Bay, even before the Dallas game. Well, I still I thought like, they'd cover. I'm going to be honest okay. there. Yeah. Well, but they came in and ran on the Niners. Yeah. And then people told me, hey, don't stop there. You won that. But Detroit can do it with their two-headed monster. And, Evan, I will never forget that first half of offensive dominance by the Lions. I say that to say is, can Kansas City, and I like Pacheco, but they got a different run system. Can they? Do you think they can pick up? Where Detroit and Green Bay left off, or now that you got the the break and two weeks for Wilkes and company to get it fixed, I just don't know if can, and I, I can't wait to see if Kansas City can attack the Niners on the ground like we saw Green Bay and Detroit do. Oh, I think they can. I think they'll try to. Okay. Yeah, I mean, they ran it 24 times with Pacheco against Baltimore, and that's a significantly better run defense, I think, than what the Niners have. Now, conversely, the Chiefs' run defense is also not very good, and that's why it was a big surprise for me to see the Ravens not try and test them more on the ground. It was a really confounding game plan offensively that they put together. 16 carries total! Only. Yeah. Why? I don't know. You gotta ask... Well, who's our who's our guy over there? Now? Uh, not McDonald. He even uh, <laughs> the, the the Georgia coordinator came up from college. Yeah, uh, yeah apologies. His name is. Yeah. Uh, by the way, they lost their DC. He's out to Seattle. Yeah. Speaking of DCs, you no longer have one in Dallas because Dan Quinn is Adam Peters, who was with the 49ers previously. First hire in Washington. If Grandy would play the Steiny, yay! That's how <laughs> I feel about that hire. Maybe it's a hoodie. Maybe it's Ron Rivera. But I think you know it was time for him to move on. But uh, he's a head coach. Um, I thought he had the Seattle job with the history he had there with Dan Quinn, but somebody told me this morning he wasn't a system. He was just, you know, calling it. It was the players with uh, what they had built with um, uh, Richard Sherman and company. uh, Legion of Boom. Yeah, yeah. Legion Legion of of Boom. Boom, The young guy. So, yeah, we'll see. I'm kind of curious to see who gets that job, that defensive coordinator job. With those hires, I do think the 49ers factor into this. Like The reason why Mike McDonald, who's the D.C. in Baltimore, is in Seattle, I think he got a six-year deal there. Man. I think why he was the natural choice for them is because of what Baltimore showed defensively this year against Kyle Shanahan, against everybody, almost. Mike McDaniel, okay. against yeah. Bobby Slowick, against the Shanahan tree. Essentially. And if you're going to beat the likes of Shanahan, but also the Rams, who look like they're going to have something to say next year, of course, with Sean McVay McVay calling plays, you need a defensive coordinator. You need a a guy who can call plays on the defensive side of the football that can figure that out. Now, I don't know if Seattle has the personnel to be able to stack up with San Francisco or Los Angeles to combat those offenses, but that's where the 49ers factor into me. Quietly, Kyle Shanahan and what he's done as an offensive play caller has dictated where particular coaches are going and where particular teams are trying to stack themselves to beat the likes of San Francisco, especially if you're in the NFC. No doubt about it. And I'll tell you what, again, this is Wilkes' first year, but we can rest assured, plus there's no up openings, Evan, that nobody is coming to poach him. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. no, there's no... What were you saying? <laughs> well, now and, now and officially, what the, the head coaches without jobs, we're also starting to see a shifting of the guard in terms of getting younger, right? Because Bill Belichick does not no longer have a head no coaching doubt. job, and even they are there, although it could be back. Sean, uh, sorry, Pete Carroll 
no longer a head coach. I love him. And Mike Vrabel, yeah. who's been around for a while, I think six years in Tennessee, no longer has a head coaching job. So people are shifting younger. They're trying to people are trying to find their Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, no doubt about it. And who was the kid that looked like you? Uh the man, forty two years old. I mm-hmm. believe it was uh is it Atlanta's coach? Oh, Raheem Morris? No, no. Uh the well, other I guy. Say, I, don't, I don't think we look alike. Uh, Grand, he looked Tampa like OC to Carolina. Uh, look at Dave my Canales. Dave oh, Dave Canales. Canales. Talk to me, okay. but dude, he looked like a kid. He's forty-two years old, but I kind of thought I got Kyle vibes, you know. But forty-two, not thirty-two. But I was like, man, they're getting younger. Well, he got a lot out of Baker Mayfield this year, no and so I think that's it. the reason why they hope he can get as much as possible out of Brace Young because they're they're in trouble. But the big game that is next Sunday is Super Bowl Fifty Eight. It's between the San Francisco 49ers, <laughs> of course, and the Kansas City Chiefs, twenty nineteen, or I guess it was technically in twenty twenty, but a rematch of the Super Bowl four years ago between these two sides. Is there a slight edge in this game? Do you think it's just math? Do you think that Vegas is trying to bait people into baiting into a betting part of me on the Kansas City Chiefs? If if you actually think the 49ers should be favored in this game, where's your gut leaning towards? Because to me, I think this game is much closer to a pick-em. I don't know if I lean a certain way, but I can understand why the 49ers are favored. It's interesting to me, though, Goo, looking at the 2019 teams and these teams, I think the 49ers are probably weaker on the defensive line, even though Nick Bosa is still on the team. Eric Armstead is still on the team. That was a defense that got off the field a lot easier than this team. Defensively, I think that they are maybe a little bit lesser than. But I think why their confidence is now is because of the offense. They're an offensive-driven team mm. as opposed to relying on their defense to stop the likes of Mahomes. No doubt. You talk about the depth on that uh, that defensive line back then uh, and you know, led by Bosa, but you had Buckner too, so I totally get that, Evan, but the fact that you got Christian McCaffrey, who is everything to this 49er offense, can do it in the uh, passing game, can do it in the run game. I mean, he's just a game-changer, and if I'm uh, who I believe it was Priest that talked about Spags, uh, uh, defensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, I'm staying up at night with the headache that he presents along with Debo. And who called in and said Debo is a tone setter? Yeah. Oh, Anthony. Mm-hmm. Do, and I don't disagree, but he's also a game changer to me, too. You know, you know, and I don't, I'm not saying Anthony wasn't saying that, but Debo's a both. I'll give you tone setter and game changer, Evan. So it's kind of going to be fun to see what Spags can do to try to offset Debo getting the ball, where he gets it, how explosive, if they can limit those plays. I know it's not the prediction show, but, man, the Niners are working with a lot. And then you got the man of the hour, Kyle Shanahan, and his – uh, distribution uh, or allocation of the plays like Todd Munkin I don't know what he did in Baltimore for them not to run the ball <laughs> and you hope Kyle doesn't get caught up in, in in that type of moment you know yeah I think that there is a big difference you, you mentioned the the DC as well you know I mean, there could be an advantage for the Chiefs not just at the head coaching spot but also the defensive coordinator spot <laughs> wow being able to dial up the right plays at the right times I think that the the past defense for Kansas City is much improved but quietly that's a defensive line that they can get after the quarterback but you can run on them like I think as much as Casey wants to try and put the ball on the <sighs> ground, San Francisco is looking to do the same as well. Yeah, and I will say this about the secondary for the Chiefs. Uh, they got youngsters, Evan. They can cover. So I wonder if we see Kansas City Spags blitzing to try to sell out to stop the run, to dare Brock Purdy beat us over the top or in the air. 
Well, let's get some help okay. down in Santa Clara because Jake Hutchinson, Odyssey senior Jake. writer, covers the 49ers as well as the Warriors for Odyssey here with us in 95.7. The game is on the line. Jake, appreciate you hopping on. I know there was a lot going down there today, so thanks for your time. Hey, no worries. Yeah, we all just talked to Jed York, um, one of his rare media appearances. Um, <laughs> so that was that was interesting. Well, I, I'm sure it didn't sound quite like the, the sound we were playing yesterday from 2017 about how you don't dismiss owners because that was following a 2-14 and 14 season. This, of course, is a trip to the Super Bowl with a chance to hoist the sixth in franchise history. But what were your takeaways from hearing a very rare appearance from the owner of the San Francisco 49ers? Yeah, I'd say by far the most interesting thing is he went back to the training camp when they brought Brock Purdy in. Uh, and, you know, they had Jimmy Garoppolo, who they ended up paying some like $20 million, depending on his incentives. They had Trey Lance, who they invested in. Uh, and there was a moment Jed said that Shanahan was like, hey, Jed, you know, I need to talk to you. Uh, and Jed got pulled aside by Kyle. And he's like, you know, it's never good when Kyle's like, I got to talk to you about something. Uh, so Kyle pulls him to the side uh, and tells him, hey, Jed, uh, I think our third-string quarterback might be the best quarterback on our roster. Um, and basically that was the point of Jed saying that Shanahan's always been honest with him, and that's part of the reason that he invested in the roster from the beginning, uh, because when he interviewed him, he said a lot of guys were blowing smoke up his, you know, and uh, Shanahan came in and he's like, this is one of the worst rosters I've ever seen. Uh, and so it was the point of saying that Shanahan's always been straight up with Jed, uh, and that story was pretty intriguing to me. Wow, can't wait to hear more about it, Jake. That's awesome. Let me ask you this from a personal standpoint, and I've told Evan and the listeners this. From a defensive standpoint, I have not got over the Green Bay game and the lack of pressure and the first half from Detroit. Has that affected you to where you look at this game? Uh, you come next Sunday against Kansas City. Are, are you nervous? Is there any trepidation? Or do you look at it like, you know what, they started out slow, they won both games, nothing to see here? Yeah, what I will say is I think their coverage on the, on, on the back end has to be way better. Uh, what's promising for the 49ers in this matchup is that the Chiefs tackles are, are the worst part of their offensive line by far. Uh, they're built totally differently where their interior offensive line is elite. They've got Creed Humphrey, uh, Trey Smith, and, and just an elite interior. So mm. I, I worry more about, you know, Isaiah Pacheco running up the middle against them. Uh, but I think, you know, Bosa mentioned, any, and I think he sort of put it out there to get the rest attention, that their tackles hold. So if their tackles get away with holding, it could be rough. But, but I think Bosa and Young are going to be able to rush those guys effectively on the edge. Live with us on the Boxer and Gerson guest line from Santa Clara just after Jed York spoke to the media's Jake Hutchinson with us here from Odyssey at 95.7 The Game. And Jake, you know, one thing we've been trying to figure out today is just why Vegas seems to have some slight favor towards San Francisco. I would contend it's because of the totality of the year as opposed to the last two or three games, depending on which team you're looking at in the postseason. But why do you think that the San Francisco 49ers are right now two-point favorites over the Kansas City Chiefs? Yeah, I, w- I would agree. The 49ers, I mean, for anyone who follows advanced analytics, and, you know, I, I keep tabs on that stuff, but I don't, I don't think it's tried and true in terms of deciding everything. But the 49ers were the best team in the league by pretty much every advanced analytics stat. Brock Purdy was the most efficient quarterback in the league. They have an abundance of offensive weapons. Uh, and while their defense has struggled, their defense performed pretty well over the course of the year. Uh, and they're, they're just stacked at every single position, uh, and they've been there before. So 
I think it is basically it's like you want to, you know, from Vegas's perspective, if you look at both teams, I think the 49ers are the better team. But again, it's like it's Mahomes. So are they really the, the better team if the other quarterback is just, you know, absolute freak, possibly the greatest quarterback we've ever seen? I don't know. But from Vegas's perspective, I'm with you. I think it's the totality of the season. Uh, both of their units have performed great over the course of the year, whereas the Chiefs sort of came on hot towards the end. Jake, I've given Kyle his flowers, and I've done so, and also criticized him in situational play calling like the 19 Super Bowl, but I know he's brilliant, and I can't ignore this just feels like the last box he needs to check to be up there with the great coaches, right? Yeah, no, I'm completely with you. And it's somewhere, I mean, you got Andy Reid. It took him yeah. forever to get the monkey off his back until he got Mahomes. And I think Shanahan probably believes, like, hey, I've got Purdy. This is my shot, right? And and I'm not comparing Purdy to Mahomes. He's never going to be that. But, like, for for what Purdy does in Shanahan's offense in running it and being able to add the stuff that's always been missing with Jimmy, where Jimmy was a guy that would hit on the short slants, that would get a lot of yards after catch, but he couldn't target the deep third of the field. Uh, he couldn't make off-schedule plays and playmake. Purdy does that while executing everything that Jimmy does and better. And so I think Kyle's thinking, yeah, I've got as good a shot as ever. You know, we came really close last time against Mahomes. The defense is better, but the offense is worse. So, yeah, in my view, I think Kyle's feeling pretty good. But, yeah, it's about – I'm with you. He's got to get the monkey off his back. On the Boxer and Gerson guest line is Jake Hutchinson. And, Jake, we were sitting next to each other at the NFC Championship game. And I also know you, you kind of uh, threw this in a chance after the game to have as close to a one-on-one as you can get with Brock Purdy. And I know you asked him a couple of questions. What about this guy? Because you mentioned the difference between 2019 and this year. I think it is primarily at the quarterback position. But what about this guy stands out to you in terms of Brock Purdy with just how he's able to handle the moment and kind of take us behind the scenes of what you've seen from him this year yeah i mean here's the thing like you know with any other young quarterback and it's and listen it all goes back to the fact that he's the last pick of the draft right he would be talked about in a completely different way if he was in lance's slot where people would be like wow this guy is of course he's he's executing he's the most incredible leader you know he did incredible things in college um, but I, I, and I think it goes back to the fact that he had to carry an Iowa State team, which is like, you know, he had one good wide receiver. Uh, you know, I think it was Xavier Hutchinson, but like he, he did not have elite weapons. He had to carry that unit. He played four years, uh, one on the road in, in Norman, Oklahoma, like playing these big games. And for him to come in and go from where he has to carry everything to just, having to get the ball off to the most elite weapons in the league and having an elite head coach, he was probably like, this is actually pretty easy for me, you know? Uh, And I think people miss that a little bit, but I also think his leadership is crazy. He's 24. He's in basically not even his his full second year in the league, and he just comes with a poise and intelligence and and studies in a way that, like, is is top-tier level. Uh, and he has the trust of Shanahan in a way that Shanahan has never trusted a quarterback he's had with the 49ers. You know, they'll talk about stuff at halftime, inject a play that, you know, they didn't even have in the game plan just by talking about it. Uh, and that's something that this team has lacked forever. And that's something where, you know, against Green Bay, he probably threw the ball too much with Purdy instead of running the ball. Like, I know they had a lot of big boxes, but 
Like, he trusted Purdy in bad conditions to get it done, and, like, there's no shot that he would have done the same thing with Garoppolo. Jake, we'll get you out of here on this one. Evan and I were talking about uh, Cam Newton's comments. Also, Amy Trask, who kind of, you know, I could spot a hater, Jake, from a mile away, but Evan (laughs) asked me, you know, when did we start breaking down how much one player meant, like a bus driver, he's a product of the system. Uh, my answer was social media. But if I were to throw that you know, to you, when did that shift change? Because hating on Brock, it, it's kind of out of control. But how would you answer it? Because to me, there has been a shift in that stuff. No, I'm, I'm completely with you. It, it's hard to put like an exact date on it, but it feels like, you know, Twitter, you know, starting yeah. starting going back to, like, when Twitter guys got really involved in the draft, right? And people are getting their takes off, going back to the Mahomes draft. And it's like, well, if you were right about Mahomes, you're going to brag about that. And if you're wrong about this guy, you're not going to admit it. So I, I think I think it goes back to that. And I think a lot of people are just stubborn about being like, well, this guy, like, doesn't have all the measurables. But he actually has the pocket presence. He has an elite, you know, 10-yard split to move around and, and run, as you saw in that championship game. Uh, and it comes down to the fact that, like, people don't want to admit that Purdy's not Garoppolo, even though it's abundantly clear that he's miles beyond what Jimmy did. So I- I'm with you. There's definitely been a shift in, in how we talk, and I think it's it's silly. Like, if you watch tape, if you actually watch what, you know, Purdy has done the last two years, like, you don't have any doubts about this guy in terms of being able to execute the offense. You know, he makes some head-scratching decisions sometimes. He gets a little carried away. But he is far and away, you know, the best fit this offense has ever had here. Well, Jake, I know you're heading out to Vegas, so I'm sure we'll chat down the line. But thanks for taking your time. Thank you. And uh, thanks for peeling back the curtain for us here this afternoon. Appreciate you guys. Thank you. That's Jake Hutchinson on the Boxer and Gerson guest line. Odyssey senior writer covers the 49ers and the Warriors for Odyssey here at 95.7 The Game. Want to pick apart something he said specifically about Jed York in relation to Kyle Shanahan because he's been a theme of topic throughout the day, the comparison between him, Reed. But the fact that Kyle Shanahan said what he said to Jed York, it sounds like from what Jake is reporting, that's very interesting to me. I want to dig into that on the other side. Evan Giddings in for Matt Steinmetz or Dale the Guru Johnson, 888 97957 is the number. We're back after this on 957 the game. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.